0: Somewhere in between is sponsored by Dick Carrier's Men's Undergarments. Respect your package. <music> in between the radical arguments of today's world topics of sports, faith, politics, and the economy lies evasive conclusions called the truth. Somewhere in Between has a mission of getting to the truth, that place where revelation lies and wisdom prevails. Tonight on Somewhere in Between, our guest is the famed linebacker from the Denver Broncos, Carl Mecklenburg. In 1983, the Denver Broncos drafted Carl Mecklenburg. Late in the draft in the 12th round, with a 310th pick overall, Mecklenburg went on to become an integral part of the Broncos' Super Bowl teams of the 1980s. In fact, he played in six Pro Bowls. His 79.5 sacks is the third largest total in franchise history. In 2001, he and Dennis Smith were inducted into the Denver Broncos' ring of fame. Since retiring from pro football in 1994, Mecklenburg divides his time between family, motivational speaking, and his ongoing charity involvements. Carl and his wife, Kathy, have three children. The Mecklenburgs reside in Littleton, Colorado. Carl continues to this day to be one of the finest speakers in the country. And now, Carl Mecklenburg joins Coach Moles and the Coop.
1: Hey, welcome everybody! It's this episode 11 of Somewhere in Between with Coach Moles, the ugly guy with the white hat and Damn the good-looking man, right? And uh, and today we've got a special guest. Uh, at one time, we uh,
0: roomed together in camp,
1: and that's Carl Mecklenburg. Carl, how you doing?
0: I'm good. I'm good. Uh, you know, if you know, you've never, if you've never heard of Carl Mecklenburg, you need to get off our show right now. Exactly. So don't yeah. get to watch right. any more of this. All right, you're just yeah. a louse. You're probably a tennis fan. All right, keep going. Anyway, so uh,
1: you know, we had to kind of we had a little technical difficulty, so we're, we got that all fixed um, by the, the defensive lineman on the on the call here. Okay, Carl, you're a linebacker. Wait, wait, of, wait, no, wait. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're a special guy, though. See, you're a special guy. He's a defensive lineman. You're a special guy. I mean, you sack quarterbacks and stuff, and he got cut a lot, right? So, if it wasn't
0: for our fat offensive lineman got there would be no such thing as gluten free.
1: Anyway, okay. so uh, we're gonna have That's a little bad. fun today. We're gonna talk uh, talk with Carl about his career, which was illustrious. I mean, Carl was drafted in the twelfth round of the nineteen eighty three draft. Uh, same. Draft. I was the
2: 310th pick, twenty guys away from Mister Irrelevant. Right, that would be me. Right. <laughs>
1: and Carl, Carl, and Carl, you played literally in camp. I mean, and early in your career, you played every position. I remember you had nose guard. I remember you linebacker. I remember you D-Tackle. Uh, you t- talk about that. Talk about that for a minute, because because Joe Collier knew you were going to be a great player. He was trying to find a spot
2: for you, right? Yeah, you know that was part of it. Part of it was trying to set up mismatches. Uh, he would put me where he thought the point of attack was going to be. Yeah, there were games where I played all seven defensive front positions in one game. They'd move me all around. Um, And and as a defensive player, what do you want? You want to be at the point of attack. I'm not fast
0: enough to catch it from behind.
2: So put me where they're coming. (laughs)
0: But so was, you uh, took some, yeah. you took somebody's job being a twelfth round draft choice. They didn't plan for you to make the team in that in those days. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know my my first jersey,
2: uh, my first jersey number. We had 110 guys at camp that first year. I had the same jersey number as a starter. That, that's not a good sign.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's not... <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's not a good sign.
0: <laughs> yeah, I had the same problem. But you know something
2: about Carl?
1: What, what a lot of people don't know about Carl is he. He literally was one of those guys that you, you played in front of the football. I mean, the guys talk about playing in front of the puck and all that kind of stuff. You, you were, you seem to be, you know, you were a very cerebral guy. Um, you're a real smart guy. I mean, what your background, I forget what your background is in education, but um, your dad was a doctor. And I mean, it goes yeah, on. Yeah, I was pre
2: med. I was going to go to medical school. And uh, I, made, I made the team instead. But uh, yeah, yeah. You know, the thing, Mark, that, uh, in my mind, the thing that made me a football player, made me a good football player, it wasn't my height, weight, 40 time. That, that's why I was a 12th round draft pick. My, the reason I was able to play and play well in the NFL was, uh, decisiveness. I found out early on in my career, if I take the first step in the right direction before anybody else did, all the angles would change in my favor. No question. The tight end couldn't pin, yeah, tight end couldn't pin me in. Guard couldn't cut me off. Full back couldn't keep me from getting the line. Everything changed. And it, uh, the question is, how do you do that? Well, it's preparation. It's going in each situation, understanding what uh, the other team's tendencies are. I mean, looking at the big, fat guys leaning one way or the other, you know which way they're going, and then take advantage of that. That, that. That's how I play the game. See, that would be uh, that's so,
1: great advice for any young player that's listening to this today. Yeah,
0: I, I've had conversations with college coaches where I say, hey, you're, the guy you got playing, I've seen him. I've seen the kid that you're recruiting in front of the kid I'm trying to get recruited. I said that kid's not that kid's fast, but he ain't going to take a step till my guy's at seven yards, because my guy can read the play and react, yep. and get to the ball and make, like you said, make the decision to go. And uh, if you get there, if you get there quicker, what's it matter how fast you run? You know. Now, if you try right. to chase down a guy from behind, you know, you should probably pull off camera. Hey, when you if, when you if, so if I if
2: I have to run if I have to run forty if I have to run forty yards, we're in huge trouble. At that's point. right. Get right. Off, right. Get, like I said, get off camera. <laughs>
0: know where the cameras are. Get off camera.
1: You know, so so running that slow. So six Pro Bowls later, <laughs> right? So you when you were in the Pro Bowl, did you have conversations with other guys about like the conversation we we're having at all, or was it just flat out fun and a good week? And you were in Hawaii, and you you know. You know, drank a few rum runners or how,
2: how, how are the Pro Bowls? Yeah. Do you have
1: any conversations like this in the Pro Bowl at all?
2: You know, not a whole lot. Um, the guys that are there uh, all, I think, had a pretty good handle on, on what they were doing in their, in their uh, defenses or offenses or whatever. Uh, it was fun though. I mean, it really was my, the, the families get together, you know, as a, as a professional football player, you, you got the game on Sunday. You fly in Saturday night. You stay at the hotel. They got a meal or a meeting about every hour and a half, so you can't go anywhere. You you just you got you, you know they they check you in at bed and you get on the bus and you go play the game and get on the bus and you go to the airport and you go home and you don't have any interaction with the guys from other teams uh, other than on the field. So that has changed so that, quite that, a bit, by the way. That well, happened. yeah, I suppose. <laughs> Gee, well, I don't know. We had a couple of
1: guys that we call went over the wall once in a while yeah. too, if you remember. <laughs> yeah, uh,
2: yeah, that's true. All that's I know true. is if <laughs> I went to
0: the if I went to the Pro Bowl and Coop was there, I'd go to the other end of the beach where he scares all the women too. You know. That's what I do. <laughs> yeah, boy well, was fun. Go ahead, go it ahead. Was fun. And I and I
2: made, and I made some good, uh, good uh, friendships. Uh, Junior Sale and his wife and and my wife, and, you know, and, and our kids, you know, hung out together. Um, that was a blast. Uh, you know, there was a number of different different people that uh, that I spent some time with that I really respected as players. Uh, but we didn't talk about football. We talked about our family. We talked about you know what's what's going on at the on the beach or at the at the hotel or whatever, and and that, and that was cool. Uh, did, did you? Because you're, I mean, you're you're so tired of football by the time right. that football comes around.
1: Did you participate in any of the, I mean, like you got, like they had like, uh, what like canoeing contests and did, did you participate
2: in any I did of one of those. Yeah, yeah, I did. I, I did one of those. Uh, they had a, uh, a deal. We actually, uh, the AFC won. And, and so we got a, uh, some sort of little car for a year, which was kind of nice. Wow. Uh, but, but yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was fun. Yeah. The, the super teams, I think is what they called it Had it yeah. over in Hawaii. That Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I um I was a much better swimmer than I can't think of the guy's name, but he was the offensive lineman for the Giants. And he just sank. <laughs> it was hilarious. Because I, so I was way behind. I jump in the pool, and <laughs> it's over.
0: So when you went out there, we did you go to the Pro Bowl with Elway when you were out yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes John.
2: I mean, John was there a number of times. Um, uh, Dennis Smith was there a lot. Um, Steve Atwater, obviously. And there was a number of different guys. Yeah, and De- Dennis and, and Andre and, and Kathy and I uh, get together at least once a year, a couple times a year usually, um, and and spend some time together. I mean, yeah, you develop these relationships at the, at, this, at the Pro Bowl that you really don't have time to develop
0: uh, during the season. So the linebackers you were with, you had Randy Gradishar was there, of course, right?
2: Yeah, when I first got there, Randy was there. Randy was there. Um, my first year and then during training camp of my second year, he retired. And that's when they switched me to linebacker.
0: Okay. And you did, were you around Bob Swenson or yeah, Joe Bob Rizzo or any of those kinds yeah. of? Stuff? Yeah. Rizzo was, yeah. Gone.
2: Rizzo, was gone. Rizzo was gone. Bob was there when I first got there. Um, Bob injured his knee uh, in Baltimore when it was Baltimore Colts. And, uh, and uh, they were so mad that, uh, that Elway hadn't gone there. That they were they were cheering when Bob was hurt and flopping around the field was terrible. Yeah, uh, and he never played again. I mean, he, he just that was the end of his knee. So so Rizzo. Was uh, I only right. had that one preseason. Yeah, so
0: Rizzo. left after that. Yeah. Who came in? Was it uh, what's his name? The well, Jimmy Ryan was there as well. Jimmy yeah, Jim Ryan was there.
2: Tom Jackson was there for uh, I think three years of, of my career. So yeah, I mean. Uh, we we had a little bit of overlap with that. older Who's the guy that uh, went to the Raiders?
0: Sure. Wasn't he with you too? The the guy with the Kowski name. Uh, the, the, talk about CTE. No, I don't. No, he I don't, don't remember. Really <laughs> no, you know the yeah. the big the big, uh, the big linebacker
1: that was. You know, uh, I'm talking about Romanowski.
0: Romanowski, yeah, yeah, that was
1: later in your career, Carl, right? Yeah, he was he
0: was
2: playing for the 49ers and the yeah. Giants and stuff when I was playing. Uh, he never played with the Broncos when I was out with the Broncos, um, but yeah, okay. the uh, yeah the guys that, the guys that uh, Ken Woodard, yep. um, you know there was there was uh, some guys that but the the cool thing coming in as you remember Coop is uh, in '83 we still had that holdover from the '77 teams the, the Orange Crush guys were still there yeah and and uh, that was the year that uh, Edgar Kaiser was. Uh, looking to sell the team. So we had 13 rookies make the team that year so we could cut the payroll, basically. <laughs> 13 rookies make make it. So uh, you he guys cut came the payroll. You guys came in the same year, yeah,
1: the same drift. You were two and he was yeah. 12. Yeah. And he was way better than you were. Way better than I was. Hold <laughs> <It's like>, on. <Long laughs> <long
2: enough.
1: laughs> well, I mean, well, was
2: 79, but, but, 79 I mean, and so, half
1: sacks, right? 79 and a half sacks, third best in the in in the Broncos history, and then but Carl was we were kind of laughing a minute ago about he only held that for five weeks, and then Simon got him
2: right. Yeah, for five weeks I was first in the in, in Broncos history, and then Simon passed me up that same season. <laughs> Simon was funny. I mean, Simon would be smoking cigarettes in the locker room and you know whatever, but he had such endurance, and and always at the end of the year he's getting a whole bunch of sacks right at the end of the year, so he never makes the Pro Bowl. But he leads the team in sacks all the time. And, and now, you know, for, for a long time, he led the team uh, historically in sacks. But they all came in the, the
0: last quarter of the season. That's <laughs> he, he was one of those guys that turned his homework in late. Right. Yeah, he came in at the last minute. Yeah. He was a last-minute guy.
1: Well, then, like we were, we were talking, so 20 years later, right, Vaughn gets it. And Simon, you know, acquiesces to Vaughn. And they have a nice, you know, uh, exchange about, you know, taking over that spot. And uh, and then you get you get forgotten, right? After 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 that, other than people well, that, people that know Bronco history know you.
2: Sure. Well, and the, the the fact of the matter is, the game has changed. So there's so much more passing than there ever was when we were playing. So uh, you know, the numbers really aren't aren't representative of of uh, you know your impact on that game at that time.
0: So Mac, when it. I was if the, if the, when I was with the Bears, they they used to yell at me, Buddy Ryan would yell at me if my guy got off of me to hit single single singletary. So in other words he would he'd say, You gotta hang on to that sun bitch, you know you can't let it get off the single he couldn't he couldn't pronounce singletary. He called him single tree. Single tree you can't let your man off on single tree. And I'd go oh, you know? uh so I always had I played linebacker in college, and I kind of missed those days when guys couldn't come running out there and smack me. You know, they'd have to hit somebody first. But yeah, uh, when, you, when you were there, they were sending you hard, full force into the line, weren't they? It looked like Sometimes. Were. Yeah, a lot of times.
2: Uh, and, and it was all, it was all about uh, being decisive, uh, reading the play, understanding what, what's ha- happening, and then going. I mean, I found out early on in my career if I took the first step in the right direction before anybody else did, all the angles would change in your favor. Yep. The tight end can't pin you in. The guard can't cut you off. The fullback can't keep you from getting the line. Everything changes. Um, and and you know your height, weight, 40 time, all that stuff isn't part of that. That that's preparation. That's going to the game, understanding what the other team does and what situation. Beautiful it is it's it's okay. watching the linemen lean in one way or the other lining up closer together further apart or back and or, you know you can you can tell what they're going to do did i,
0: I, I, could, you, watch you, you I could watch
2: is, a film did you i could watch a film i was going to say i could watch a film and 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 uh, tell you what the play is going to be before the play is snapped probably sure. 60 70% of the time uh, just just by the linemen and how they're leaning one way or the other in the end of the formation did
0: you ever meet Scott Studwell Girl. Yeah, I met I met Steph. Uh, yeah, he uh, so in our huddle, when I was the short term with the Vikings, he used to break the huddle with, "Meet me at the ball. Don't be late to the meeting." And uh, he would pride himself beating everybody to the ball. But this is one of the smartest football players I ever played with. He ended up being the director of player personnel for the Vikings, VP of personnel. For he grew into a vice president. And, well, he just retired a year ago. I think he was their uh, personnel guy for 25, 26 years. And uh, he he was a brilliant linebacker. And the, and everything you're saying is something that he would have, you know, held up to. I I mentioned Singletary because, you know, I kind of feel like he, he got a lot of free passes. Like Dan Hampton, would look at him and go, <laughs> you know, he'd say, he'd say, hey, Hampton, your man got off on me. And he looked at him and he goes, which one of the three? <laughs> <laughs> well, that it forty-six defense,
2: right.
1: yeah, that forty-six defense was interesting because everybody's trying to block down and block back, and then that's right, and then uh, you know, and then basically combo up to try and pick up a linebacker, but trying to combo up through those three monsters
0: was always a difficult task. I got a sack the third play against Anthony Munoz in the Bengals. Hampton looks at me and goes, "That's my sack," and I go okay he, he was really mean we were pretty good friends but I go, okay if you say so because i will show you in fi- on film on monday that that's my sack and it was he <laughs> took three, he took three guys and pushed them so far back the quarterback had to step back anderson kenny anderson was the quarterback he had to step back about five yards and i just ran straight to the quarterback moon is like yeah, you know, I just ran by him because the quarterback was so deep. Yeah. And freaking Hampton literally would push push three guys back. So there's a lot of times where guys would make plays. Is my point where there's somebody really making the play other than the guy who's actually making the play? Well, that, right? I
1: mean that happens. I mean, sure. But but Carl so Carl had four sacks in two games and you said uh, we were again messing around having a conversation earlier. So t- tell us about those those two games. Just a so one of those games.
2: Yeah. One of those games uh, was against New Orleans. Uh, they had, their starter was out. And so I got to play against the backup guy. I actually had had the flu all week. I, I um, went into that game, uh, you know, getting IVs and stuff. I hadn't practiced all week. Uh, the uh, ironically, uh, you know, they, they, they wonder if you can spread COVID during, uh, during a football game. Well, their quarterback missed the next week because he had the flu from me. <laughs> I'm sacking him four times in that game and hit him a bunch of other times. So, so
0: yes, it can be passed. <laughs> the, flu. the flu is infectious. <laughs> the Carl Mecklenburg experiment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a, you can look it up.
1: Better yet, uh uh right? Cuz you you beat right. him up so
0: bad. <laughs> <laughs> there
2: you go. And the other one the other one was against Pittsburgh and 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 that one um that was the first time Joe Collier put me at outside linebacker. Joe wow. had seen that they had an issue uh with one of their tackles and they just put me at outside linebacker for that whole, whole game and uh, I ended up with four sacks and a couple of tackles for losses and was AFC defensive player that uh, the week and all that kind of stuff and then it's because joe said okay we got we got a good matchup and put me out there so go so going to that spot cold
1: turkey like that um that took a lot of extra study and film study etc right or you just did the same thing but transplant yourself into a different spot is that is that an act yeah
2: i mean i played i played defensive end for a lot of my career yeah um you know coming up um yeah you have to prepare and you have to the problem with moving around all the time is you you got you got to be aware of where you're at and what, what the specific assignments are for that position so uh, you know as an outside linebacker you got to contain a lot of the time and it's you know they they'll give you the inside trying to get you to go inside so they can run outside or they can you know they can they can take advantage of you so you you just have to be aware your reads are different you know as an outside linebacker you look through the tight end to the guard in the back and you got to see all three of them at once and it's just it, So, so I, I, you know, I come out of the huddle and I'm saying, okay, I'm, uh, I'm left inside linebacker. So I'm three yards off the ball and I'm reading the guard through the, through the backfield. I'm outside linebacker. I'm reading the tight end through the guard through the, through the, to the the back. And, and, you know, it's, yeah, it's, you got to be aware of it, but it's, it's not, it's not overly difficult. Uh, As an inside linebacker, as a guy calling the plays, you got to know what everybody on the field is doing anyway. Have you? Right. I mean I was I I had to get my crow lined up every time the the huddle broke. <laughs> so I mean you, I mean you gotta know. So so it's one of those deals where where I was uh I, I instead of just knowing, I'm doing it. And and so it wasn't
0: that big a stuff. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, the uh so Joe Collier, are you still in touch with Joe? Is he still alive? I, I, yeah, Joe Joe's
2: around. Joe lives in Littleton. Um yeah, I mean a little bit. Talk, I mean, Joe, talk Joe about was Joe amazing. a little
1: bit. I mean, I
2: think okay, yes, yeah, I mean, most underrated
1: coach ever.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm unbelievable. The to me, what to me, what a great coach does is identify what the strengths of the individuals are on this team and puts them in situations where they can use that to help the team.
0: Well, yeah, you you, you hear <laughs> yeah. lot, you hear a lot of stuff right now uh, on TV, like the four points. You know the four point is the um, getting somebody to kick a field goal versus scoring a touchdown is a four point win for the defense, not a four, not a you know three point loss. And uh, he was the one that invented the uh, bend don't break, the original bend don't break defense, wasn't he, Carl?
2: You know, um, I I think he would rather we went three and out. (laughs) Oh, of course. But but we had we had we we had had. uh, a lot of, I mean, we had great safeties. I mean, if you have great safeties, then big plays don't happen.
0: Yeah. Uh, you when keep- you when you have when you got
2: Bill, Billy Thompson, when you got uh, Dennis Smith, when you got Louie Wright, when uh, I mean uh, uh, Steve Atwater, when I mean the, the guys uh, that the Broncos have had through the years at that safety position, that's that's the that's the, the line where you know, okay, it's a twenty yard game, but it's not a not a sixty yard game.
0: Yeah, they're not letting
2: people good, get behind them and, and they make the routes captain routes
0: and great people yeah
2: right and we played a lot of cover too I mean we that was that was our bread and butter um but I mean Joe invented the Joe invented the on one side we played man and on the other side we played uh Split zone. and he did he, all kinds of stuff that they do all the time now but but Joe came up with that stuff and, and he was, kind of what I was, he asking was tremendous. Was.
0: He was kind of a yeah, pioneer mean, in a lot of different areas of defense, right? He
2: really, he really was. And and he was he was going to put you in a position to be successful. I had no idea I could play linebacker. I never played linebacker in my life. Uh, you know, my second year in the NFL, they come to me and say, hey, we think you can play linebacker. Uh, we, we like the way you move. Uh, we've got
0: a lot of defensive linemen.
2: We can help the team more if you play linebacker. I
0: played so, linebacker. So they, talk, they taught me how. I played linebacker. And nobody still thinks I can play linebacker. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> So, Carl, who, uh, Joe,
1: you had uh, a couple of defensive coordinators, right? Because you had some Wade as well, didn't you?
2: Yeah, yeah, Wade Phillips, uh, 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 Charlie Waters um, for for a short period of time. Got it. Um, yeah, but uh, but yeah, Wade Phillips and Wade was Wade was the opposite. Wade was not going to make it complicated. We we had 120 different defenses with adjustments off those defenses. And every time I moved, that means somebody else had to move. So everybody on the on the defensive front seven had to know two different positions, and had on you know have a pretty good handle on over a hundred different defenses. Um, Joe came, or, uh, when uh, when Wade came in, he was like, okay, I'm not going to confuse you. I'm going to let you use your athletic ability. I'm going to put you in a solid defense, a, a defense that, that doesn't give anything up, uh, and we're gonna we're gonna outplay them. And, and that was his approach. And and so I was a just a, I was a uh right defensive end on uh Nickel defense and I was a uh weak inside linebacker and that's all I played under under Wade. Wade Where played,
0: Joe, most, you know, we, Wade played mostly a yeah, four front. and Joe
2: played a three front, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. We played a three front, front under Joe. We I mean guys that, like Greg Cragen, Greg Cragen was an unbelievable player. I mean he he was he, he he was the guy that grabbed two guys so I could run free of the ball. Right? <laughs> he was unbelievable, and then he was only like two hundred and sixty pounds. He was he wasn't a big guy, but he was just uh, flexible and strong and quick and uh, great great player. Um, really, any time you have success as an individual in football, it's, it's based on the guys around you. Well, you and Rue uh, were
1: a pretty good tandem too for
2: for. Oh years. man, yeah, Rue, Rue was unbelievable. Rue, Rue was. If, if, if I had to pick anybody I played against or with, uh, and I had to bet that this guy going to beat that guy one-on-one in a pass rush, Rue was, Ru was just like a snake, man. He could twist his body around and slither through little he cracks did. and stuff. Crazy. <laughs> he was Right, and so they'd always have to double-team him, and they'd forget about me. So, hey, that works out. And we ran stunts really well together.
1: You guys both um, ran great stunts together, I remember. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and
2: and Simon Fletcher the same thing. I mean, Rue was gone, and Simon kind of stepped in and uh, did the same thing. Attracted lots of attention, <laughs> and, and they forget about me every once in a while. So Rulon came in. He replaced Alzado, didn't
1: he? It was so, somewhat, I think. Well, and I think Rulon was here at the same time, and then Alzado left to Oakland, and um, maybe I don't know. You know, I don't remember that because that was before us. Before.
0: Yeah, we was only there for you guys. Never played with Alzado then.
2: Huh? No. I had the same yeah. number as him, so that wouldn't have worked.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, my brother well, got rid of my my had the brother coming. had the same number as you. <laughs> my brother was seventy seven up in Minnesota. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's a, it's a very popular number. I uh I got cut and brought back so many times. It, with the Vikings I had three different numbers. Uh right. sixty four, ninety nine, and fifty one. So that's what happens. I'm just trying to give you guys the downside of things that in your career I missed out on. <laughs> what else you got over there, Coop? Well, so Carl's
1: not only in the Ring of Fame, but he's also in the Colorado Sports Hall of Fame, right? Yeah. And uh, those those had to be great inductions. I mean, you you, you know you've been such a, you know, a, a stalwart in the for the Broncos and then in the community, you know, and then uh, and now in your public speaking, um you know, career that like you had mentioned, you've been doing more than you than even your football career. And we were even talking about that a little bit earlier about doing Zoom meetings now and the you know, way things are done. But but tell us a little bit more about your speaking career because you've been doing that a long time now and you've had great success.
2: Yeah. Um I I I love it. I mean the thing the thing I miss most from football is the adrenaline. Yeah. And that's a hard thing to replace. It really is. And and when I get up in front of a group to speak, that adrenaline comes right back, you know. That that's something that I was looking to replace, and and I found a place to do it in speaking. And I can, I, I grew up around my dad. My dad's a, a big storyteller, um, and and his dad before him, and 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 that's how I approach my speaking. It's it's a series of stories, all all pointing in the right direction, all all tied together with uh, with concepts. But I talk about teamwork, the leadership being the ultimate expression of teamwork. Uh, courage, the courage to try new things, the courage to be decisive. We've already talked about that. Uh, dedication, this is hard work, constant learning, refusing to quit. Desire, that's the dream, the passion, the mission. Honesty and forgiveness with for yourself and self-evaluation with others. And finally, goal setting, which is reasonable, short-term, specific steps to get you those desires, those passions, those missions. And that's all tailored for the organization I'm speaking for. Last week I spoke for the Idaho um it was the Idaho, uh, electric association, uh, actually it was Idaho consumer owned utilities association right. yep. is the name of the group. Um, and, and it's basically it's, uh, uh, rural electric cooperatives and cities that run power, uh, to their, to their people. So, uh, I spoke for that group. And so then I, you know, I tailored it a little bit more towards safety and towards some other issues that they have. And that's, that's my approach. It's it's uh, it's fun. I, I get to, like I said, personalize it. I get to know people. Um, whether it's a virtual presentation, uh, like we're doing now, or a hybrid thing where uh, you know I'm there, but then they're also broadcasting it to their people, or whether it's just an in-person thing and I'm shaking hands and kissing babies and doing all that stuff,
0: um, it 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 uh, it's fun. Did you uh, you at one time when I when I sat with you in Minnesota? Uh, you were talking about your Christian-based, your faith-based uh, model as well at the time. I, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, no, and I and I speak
2: I speak at churches uh, too, um,
0: and and any
2: in my mind any any concepts any approaches to to life that are successful are successful because they're faith-based. <laughs> I mean, when 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 we when you talk about teamwork, you look at Jesus. The first thing he did is is gather up his team of apostles and, and, and then he, then he went out. Um, when, you, when you look at, uh, you know, the courage to, to be decisive, you know, he, he did that over and over and over, stepping up and, 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 uh, challenging, uh, people's old beliefs. And, and so, so in, in my mind, the things that I talk about are, are already Christian related things. I mean, that's once again, if it's, if it works, it works because that's how God made us in, yeah. in my mind.
0: Yeah, so you've done a lot. Do you do you use it as a ministry for your uh, your speaking? I do. Um, you know, it's
2: it's. Uh, I feel called to it. You know, this is this is an opportunity that I've got. I can make a difference in people's lives. I can be positive. I can I can uh, you know allow, allow them to uh, to think about their lives. And anytime you get introspective, anytime you you know I. Truthfully, I can't go out and speak to adults and tell them something they don't already know. They are, they haven't already heard that somewhere. Um, but I can come at it from a different angle and make it personal to them. Uh, that's that's my approach. And whether it's speaking for a business, and, and I'm talking about teamwork and and the cornerstones of that business and, and how they can uh, relate to that and how they can, um, uh, you know, come together and 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 make their lives better. That that's what I'm called to. So it's it's a it's a blast for me and, and yeah it's it's a ministry.
0: So do you uh, work with any uh, football programs, Carl? Any, any in the state of Colorado or outside of Colorado? Do you
2: yeah. ever get into? I, I have
0: coaching? a
2: few times, yeah. I have a few times. Uh, I don't get a lot of opportunities to speak at uh, uh, colleges or high schools, uh, but I do every have once in a you, while. Have you, ever, have you ever thought about coaching at all? You know, I did. I coached at Kent Denver when my when my oldest son was there, and it was fun. Um, I, but I got sucked in bad. <laughs> I was, there. I was, you know, at home watching the film and doing. I was, I was, I was in it. Um, and uh, at that time, deep, I needed a lot deeper than they were probably right. <laughs> maybe, maybe
0: I don't know. Right. Uh, but but yeah, it was it was interesting. Well, the same um, head coach has been there for like ninety years. What's his name? Tall guy. Yates. Yates. Yeah. Yeah. Very yeah. Yeah. Scott Yates. Yeah. yeah his dad yeah. was
2: ran it before uh, that. And yeah, I worked with, I worked with Scott and what a yeah, <laughs> great guy, unbelievable coach. Um, Cause he takes those kids and they're, they're first, you know, they're, they're uh, lacrosse players or they're tennis players or they're golfers or they're something else. And then they play football too. Right. Yeah. I mean, my, my son was in the, in the jazz band. My son was, uh, you know, doing, uh, you know, playing football and he was also doing something else. I forget what it was. You know, he, yeah, he edited a literary paper. You know, it, it, it's not like the kids at Cherry Creek that you know, I'm a football player. No, they, they do everything. Uh, yeah, and is your, uh, is your wife challenge.
0: listening to us right now?
2: Yeah. She, she, <laughs> she's she, coaching she, uh, them up. She's right? me out there. <laughs> hey,
0: Kathy. She's, she's my memory. Tell her to poke her head around there. We want to see Carl, Carl Mecklenburg. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, yeah, right. She is not doing it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, no. I heard her screaming in yeah. the background. You yeah, know, you got her. You got her. You, has, you have her as memory backup. I need. I need my wife for that too. You know, exactly. sitting over there. Uh, that's not the way that went, Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, she'll correct. She'll correct me later, but she's she's helpful during the show. Yeah. So you coached there four years. Was uh, was John Elway's son there when your son was there?
2: No, that was no, great. but
0: Pat Bolin's son was. He start. Uh, he started at Kent. Oh,
2: I didn't know that. Yeah, he transferred yeah. to Greek.
0: Okay. Uh, yeah, Johnny
2: Bolin was there. I got to make Johnny Bolin run laps. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> yeah, that's,
0: yeah. So
1: hey, speaking of keep running, kid. Speaking of the Broncos <laughs> and the Bolons, I was underpaid. What uh, you know? Do you think like I think? I mean, I'm thinking the team's probably going to have to end up getting sold. And uh, and what what would you do? What would you do with the Broncos right now? Uh, what would you do different? Over there, because I mean, would watch, I mean different. Yeah, you watch the wow. defense, and you watch the offense, and you watch. I mean, you've been around the game so long you you have your opinions.
2: Yeah, I do have opinions. Um, it's a it's a what comes first, the chicken or the egg situation. Um, you need stability. You need uh, when 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 I played for the Broncos, when we played for the Broncos, Coop. Uh, you know, once Mister Bowen bought the team. Uh, you know it was it was a stable organization. Uh, we knew exactly where we were going. Uh, our cornerstones for that organization under uh, Edgar Kaiser were let's make Edgar Kaiser money. <laughs> we sold the Pat it was uh, let's win championships and serve the community. That, that's that's who we were. And if you didn't fit in that uh, you know in in those slots then you weren't there for very long. Uh, it, you knew exactly what you should do and how you should do it um there was a history of great play uh you didn't want to let uh, your teammate down you didn't want to let your coach down it was a it was a uh, team situation great mentoring one of the points i was trying to make when i was talking about the orange crush guys being there yeah. when, when you and i got there, Coop, is they a bunch of we, we had replaced a whole bunch of their buddies and instead of taking it personally they understood that if we're going to help this team win we got to we got to mentor these guys. We got to take them under our wings and not only teach them how to be great football players, but also teach them how to be men. And that that uh, was something that that uh, was the environment that we came into. Uh, I don't see that environment with the Broncos anymore. I, I don't think they know what their cornerstones are. Uh, I, I think they're more concerned about getting uh, getting the right contract being put in in the right situations and getting the playing time doing all that. Uh, yeah, of I, I think I, you stars? know. I I think I think there are organizations uh, that that uh, operate that way still. I do. I think there. Are, I mean, I think the I think the Green Green Bay Packers are a good example of a team that has been historically good for a long time. Um, and and they've had some guys coming and going, but that that uh, that base of guys and and that base of that coaching staff is 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 pretty solid there, and I think they're good. Uh, same with, same with Pittsburgh. Um, you know, you, you oh, if, if, I mean, t- to me, yeah, to me, that's, that's the, the thing you want to get back to where you uh, mentioned everybody walking you in mentioned, that.
0: You haven't mentioned Belichick Yes, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And, and I mean, you know, that's true. Uh, you, <coughs> it, you look at the
2: teams that the, the personnel that he has, um, and, 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 uh, the teams that he beats that. When they beat Atlanta in the, in the Super Bowl, if you had picked an all-star team before that game of who's the best player on each of these teams, I think maybe two of them would have come from the Patriots and everybody else would have come from Atlanta. But they lost. Agreed, yeah. And they lost because because the Patriots played like a team and played like a team that understood what it takes to win and, and, and believed in each other and supported each other and, 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 and won games. Uh, so, so there's not... There's such a fine line between winning and losing in the NFL.
0: If, if you think about
2: Super Bowl sure. 50, that the, when the Broncos, the last one the Broncos won, that season, I believe the number was 11 of their 16 games, uh, they were behind or tied in the fourth quarter. That's how close they were to being a, not even making the playoffs. Right. But yeah. but they but they would make a play, or so you know somebody would make a play, and, and they'd win. And, and it happened over and over again. And that's how it happened when when we were playing with Elway, I mean, we, you know, as long, uh, defensively we knew if we kept it close to the end of the game, we were going to win that thing because <laughs> John and the offense were going to get the ball and we were going to win it. Uh, so, you know, it was, it, we relied on them. They relied on us, uh, you know, three yards a in a cloud yeah, of that yeah. Sammy I, winder up the middle.
1: Yeah. But we also knew you guys were going to give us a turnover or a big play too. So, you know, it was kind of like, you know, everybody counting on each other, like you're saying.
0: Yeah, I think it was yeah. great the way those guys forgave Coop for breaking that guy's knee with a bat before he took his job. <laughs> <laughs> He's-
1: CTE right there, prime example. Okay? <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, hey, so well, here's, here's the deal. I've been coaching for 40 years. Uh, high school, I've had my first fo- uh, high school football job in 1979. Um, I actually got... Uh, cut and and Bud Grant said, "Don't go anywhere. We're going to bring you back." But we did get you a job, and I was oh, I'm going to be making some money. And he got me a job as a high school coach over at Richfield High School in Minnesota. That was my first job. But huh. the things
2: I played at Edina West. We oh, lost oh, oh. in the first round of the playoffs. Yes, I did. Yeah,
0: well, we we called you guys cake eaters.
2: Well, of course, Richfield. that's what everybody
0: called us. Richfield was real people. That's what they used to say. We're real people, folks. Oh We're real people. People in the dino aren't real people. You can't say that anymore. You get eaters. trouble for anything. Oh, yeah. That's what they would say. And uh I coached here a couple years. and uh, But, you know, some of the things you're saying are so true. Let me ask you this. It seems to me like a lot of people can answer that question that way, Carl, with the you got to be brothers, you got to be team, Team's got to be first, you got to be have an attitude of servitude. You've got to get up underneath the organization, try and lift them up, get your brother, lift them up. I mean, these concepts I've been listening to for now, I played for four NFL teams, not very well. Um, back in those days, if you were at four teams, they called you a journeyman and a bad football player. But the one thing I did get to do is go go play for four head coaches in four different organizations. And the difference in the organizations was was amazing to me in the, yeah. way, in the way that they played. And, you know, how do you coach that, Carl? What's the, what's, what, what,
2: well, first of all, it starts at to the do? top. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, go it ahead. starts at the top. It, it does. It's, it's, it comes from the ownership, it comes from the um, lack of ownership. <laughs> Boy, I can Broncos tell you that game.
1: going to Tampa. Yeah, yeah
2: I mean, it really does. It, wow. comes, it comes from the top. That's who sets the cornerstone. That's who decides what's acceptable and what's not acceptable, where this organization, what's important to the organization. And it has to be clear and it has to be consistent. Um, you can, if, if you say one thing and you, and you act a different way, if you say, oh, yeah, it's all about winning, but you're, but you're not, uh, signing guys who are, uh, great players that you need to keep on your team, uh, then, then, uh, nobody believes it. So the clarity and consistency of the cornerstones of the team, uh, the, uh, the commitment, uh, for, for, uh, under Pat Bowen, the commitment was to win each game. You had to prepare like you were there to win each game. If anybody asked Pat at the start of the season, uh, you know, what are the Broncos going to be this year? What what was the answer? Always 16 and oh, always. And if we lost a couple games, then it was 14 and two. We were we were expected to prepare to win each game, uh, and and it dragged on. I mean, remember remember at the end of uh, Kubiak's head coaching career, uh, you know, at the end of the year they're playing uh, playing the Raiders, and, uh, and and they wanted them to play the, the rookie quarterback and, and and lose the game so we could uh, somehow uh, yeah, get a better draft, draft status or whatever. And no, that's not the way the Broncos do it. We're we're here to win each game. And, and he played the other guy everybody was up in arms but so what they won the game and, and uh, or when when he that same year they had a chance to uh, either tie a game or try and kick a field goal put the other team in good position and, and we ended up losing it was Kansas City I mean, the Broncos were playing Kansas City it's at the end of the game they are going down you know it was a 55 yard attempt or something like that and, and we missed and so they got the ball in good position and ended up getting the field goal and, be, and beating us but uh, we weren't there to tie the game. We are there to win the game. And that, and that's, uh, that has to be clear and consistent throughout the organization. Um, so, so to me, um, uh, the other thing is connection. Uh, and once again, clear and consistent. Uh, I remember, uh, remember eating lunch at, in, in the Broncos, uh, lunchroom, right? Coop, you, you'd sit with the same guys. You probably, uh, who would you sit with? Uh, I don't know. But you, you always sit with mostly
1: them. Mostly offensive the linemen because, you know, it was yeah. just a brotherhood.
2: Right and the, the you know the the old guys sat with the old guys and the black guys sat with the black guys and the white guys sat with the white guys and you know whatever it was all divided up and kind of clicky like that except Elway would sit at a different table all the time. I remember watching him do that and I asked him about it and he's like I need to know my guys and they need to know me. Uh it was it was a connection thing and and if you can if you can connect uh and and get on the same page uh, then you've got a chance to influence people in the right way if you're if you're more concerned about your own crap you know how, how come he's making more money than me or how come he's uh, got more playing time or how come you know he's starting and I'm not or whatever the thing is, you don't have a prayer as a team so to me that's that's the difference it's uh, it's uh, co- uh, connection, it's uh commitment, and it's those cornerstones and if you have all three of those and they're clear and consistent. Uh, you got great leadership and you're going to, and you're going to continue to be better and better.
0: That's a great answer. I think was, I've covered that before. That, <laughs> if you talked that long, I would have shut you off. But That was so good. I let him go. Hey, Carl's was, a professional, okay? Was, He's a
1: train killer. <laughs> That's
0: <was> a great, <laughs> no, but it, but it's I was so just like, thinking about the lunchroom. No, you know, I'm you thinking, know, boy, nobody ever sat with me.
1: Uh, well, because <laughs> we know why, but, uh, no, you know, well, what's interesting, well, when well, Carl was well, well, going, going through again. that, I was, you know, picturing in my mind the, the locker room, I was picturing in my mind the lunchroom, I was picturing in my mind the meeting rooms, I was picturing in my mind after hours when we, you know, guys would go out and we'd get together and and going off to our offensive line coach's house, and, you know, I just was like, it was like a flashback of all those things that we did in that era that's exactly what Carl's talking about, and, and I was kind of flashbacking, or not flashing that that's a back. word, flashing back, yeah, it was just, it was interesting. So, you but no one talks about that anymore, Carl. No. But you, and I think a team like the Broncos should hear something like that from a guy like you. You know, and uh,
2: it's interesting. Well, don't they watch your Don't they watch your podcast?
1: Well, we're trying to get uh, everybody to watch it, right? But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, actually, well, I'm getting, gonna send this to John. we a, a lot of We're getting a lot of listeners. Fish. Right, we get <laughs> a lot of listeners, but I
0: have no idea who they are. There's no way of knowing other than that they download it from some from some platform, whether it's uh, mm-hmm. Google cool. or yeah. Apple. Uh, and we see a thousand downloads, and we go, "Who are they?" I don't know. I think it, I know. I'm doing 500 of them, so I don't know who the other 500. Of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the, uh, you
2: know, the game has changed, but what wins and loses hasn't changed.
0: You know, general, I, uh, it's it's good.
2: I was just gonna say it's 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 line play it's uh turnovers it's you know it's uh it's toughness in situations where toughness is needed it's yeah. you know it's it's the same sport it's 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 me lining up against coop and figuring out who's gonna who's gonna whoop who on each play yeah and yeah, uh know.
0: Um, I mean, that would be me. Yeah,
2: yeah, they, <laughs> that's what
1: and, and your six all-pro
0: seasons. <laughs> and you don't really have to say that. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, uh, yeah, you line up against meck, you go, oh shit, here we go, yeah. right?
1: Because you, you got to figure yeah. out a way to try to get your hands on them, I, right, or you're toast.
0: He's humble enough to think that I didn't already know, you know that he was going to beat your <laughs> ass when he lined up. Gosh, <laughs> he's like, I, mean, I don't I, know I, if you I, know I, this. So, you know what we all have
1: down here, Carl? How many? How many? I, I forget how many years you played. I played twelve, 12 years. Twelve. Yeah, twelve. Twelve. Yeah. 12, 12, years. twelve years. Twelve years. Yeah, that's why I played seven, and I was a journeyman because I. Uh, but I learned every position on the line. That's what kept me in the league. So I made Let's myself. You were a journeyman. A, I, I made myself. Uh, I made myself. Uh, if I wouldn't be the five, one of the five, I would be the six or seven because you need about seven to get through the season. Right. You only made one journey. That's
0: not a journey, man. <laughs> a journey, man. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Some of the stories you're telling when you were doing, it, I'm saying, well, that was the year I was with the Arizona Wranglers. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's when my dad sent me up to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and got mad at me when I was up there. That's a journey, man. I got
2: cut from the Chicago Blitz. Uh, the Chicago oh, Blitz, yeah, Chicago Blitz, uh, drafted me like 38th or something. I don't know. They had that crazy extra long thing. Right. And, uh, John Turlink was their defensive line coach.
0: George Allen and, was the coach. Right. George Allen
2: was the head coach.
0: Blitz. I, I went, went out the
2: there. Yeah. I went out there, um, before the NFL draft. Uh, they, they had a, um, I don't know kind of kind of a just a in a in a gym thing in, in Chicago right. in the in the winter and you know we uh, I guess I didn't match up but I couldn't pass rush well enough on the gym floor with shorts and tennis shoes on so said
0: yeah you're not you're not you don't belong here this uh, is that's you know, yeah. awesome because you know I went yeah. through that that jankiness that was a janky organ. everything was janky you know <laughs> they go hey we got to get off the field fast because we were at the uh, Arizona State University and Frank Cush was around there, you know, yeah. and we'd have to run off the, off the field. But, you know, you we were talking about coaches and, you know, Bud Grant, my, my <laughs> I go to Minnesota and I get off the airplane and there's a, there's a, there's a, on the sports page, who's going to get cut first? in what order they are going to get cut. And I was number one on the list that i get cut. I was (laughs) only there because of my brother. So we get to camp, and the first night they do a ping-pong tournament. And you have to draw guys.
1: And they cut them at the ping-pong tournament.
0: It almost (laughs) happened. Got no backhand. It almost (laughs) happened. So so the senior guys and the coaches pick their players they're playing against, and Bud Grant reaches in the hat, and he goes, uh, I got Ryan Mulaney. So I'm a, I'm a pretty decent ping pong player, and, and Bud's one of these defensive ping pong players where he just puts his paddle flat and lets it bounce off the paddle, you know. And I got a million shots, and I'm curving the ball at him. I'm bringing the top spin, you know. Played a lot of ping pong. And uh, <laughs> afterward, uh, he beat me. And afterward, I walked up to him and I said, Hey, coach, you know, it was a tough match. And he goes, Okay, you just started this entire camp off as a loser. <laughs> and he says, he says uh, You're a much better ping pong player than I am, and you lost to me. And I'm telling you, that's where my mind is with you right now. So I better not see any of this shit out on the football field. That's what uh, he said. That's interesting. And I walked away and my brother Mark looks at me and goes, what did he say to you? I said, he called me a loser. He goes, that's not good. No,
2: no, that's as bad as having a starter's number on your jersey.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was bad. So uh, yeah. we've got, uh, we've had some other guys on, on, on our podcast, uh, uh, Carl, and we've had some really, really, really great players. And uh, one of them was, uh, we had Dave Remington on our, you remember Dave Remington? Sure. From yeah. Nebraska. Yeah. We had him on the show, and it was impossible. This guy had more awards than anybody in the Jack Nicholson doesn't have as many awards as this guy had. I mean, he's got the, <laughs> the trophy, the Remington trophy for the best center in college football. I mean, he's got all this stuff. And, you know, we're asking him about it, and he's like, well, he's just, he says, you said, the." you were the most valuable player in the Big 8 Conference. The most valuable player. And uh, Remington answers that with, you know, we want to know a little bit more about that, right? And Remington says, well, I had a bunch of good guys around me. And I'm like, dude, we're on a podcast. We're trying to get some information out of you here. (laughs) I mean, Dave
1: is one of the most humble, humblest guys in the world. He did not answer a question. Yeah, and one of the nicest guys ever, I mean. And I met him when he was running the Boomer Sassy Foundation, and I've emceed uh, a bunch of fishing tournaments down in Costa Rica for him and stuff like that. So we got to know each other really, really well. And he was in our draft, if you remember. He was like a top—I don't know—a third or fourth pick that year, maybe six at the very least. But um, what a great guy! But yeah, it was—he's so humble. It's—it's—it's it's,
0: it's, it's hysterical. So we get that from some people. We didn't get that out of Ed Marinero on our last show. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Ed's funny. (laughs) Ed Ed, Ed had a put his hat on and put made sure his face was shadowed, so you couldn't even see his face. If you watch this podcast, it's hilarious. He's got the whole thing covered up because you know he's getting a little older. (laughs) You know, but so the reason I brought up Remington was, you know, there's some things that you did here that are fantastic that you know, people are listening to, and I just want to make sure we point out, because we're going to get off this podcast in a minute. This is a guy, don't underestimate, 12th round draft picks don't come in hot. You know, and uh, guys like me that were drafted way later and were still considered free agents when we got there, you know, you go in there and, you know, I play ping pong with Bud Grant and, He's like ready to cut me after a ping pong match and tells me how calls me a loser. What you did, Carl, is amazing to me. The fact that you came in as a twelfth round draft choice out of the University of Minnesota, correct? Was correct. You, and um, uh,
2: that was my second college. I started off at Augustana
0: College in right. Sioux Falls. In Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Yeah. That's right. I remember they that. took
2: yeah, they, they took away my partial scholarship there, so I left. And I Six. walked down at Minnesota.
0: So, did you play with uh, for uh, Joe Salem? I did not. Oh, yeah, in
2: Minnesota, I did at Augustana. Yeah. His son was actually his son was at, uh,
0: at Augustana. At,
2: uh, Augustana, yeah. yeah. But yeah. but yeah, Joe Joe was at the University of Minnesota when I got there. Yeah.
0: Okay, so um, you you come out of the University of Minnesota, you didn't have to be fast because you all ran in a foot of snow on the field anyway. So <laughs> there <laughs> you <laughs> go. I was the mother. <laughs> but anyway, I I just don't want I, the. Six Pro Bowls. How many people? How many, What do you think the percentage of players in the NFL is that have made it to this? six Pro Bowls? It's it's fantastic. What do you think? One? I mean, maybe maybe one percent, Carl. What do you think? Yeah,
1: I don't know. I never really thought yeah, about it. Mean, not many.
0: It. So you know uh, the the number of sacks that you had in one game, all all the different records that you've set, and you're in the Ring of Fame. You know, every single person that goes to Mile High Stadium looks up at that ring of fame. And it's getting crowded up there now, but it wasn't crowded when you went up there. What was there, about five or six guys up there at the most? Carl was there was a there? few guys up there. Yeah, there was
2: a few guys. Pat Bowen started it. Um, yeah. So, he, you know, they, they they were filling it in at, at, at first with the guys that were before Pat's uh, you know, time there. So, uh,
0: yeah, I mean, it's, it it's a great honor, no doubt about it. And you know what? It's a great honor, but you're a great player, and you're and you're a great person. And uh, if there's anything anybody out there, there is one thing we're going to send you for being on the show. We have an unusual. I have an unusual friend. His name is Richard Carrier. Okay. Now, it, what is what is the short name for Richard? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah exactly. that's a, that's it, an interesting name.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's so he so he has a brand of underwear called Dick Carriers. So don't be offended by it, that's actually the <laughs> name. And uh, we're gonna send you a pair of uh, dick carriers. Uh, and it features a particular feature inside the, inside the work called the Ball boostier, oh, okay. which you'll enjoy as well. Um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> I let him cover this. Uh, you're gonna like ah. these, Carl. What, what size are you? Uh,
2: large, I'm 36.
0: Large? Tall. Large? Okay. I'll send you some larges. Coop and I can't yeah, he's send smelt, you. man. He's in good. We can to get underneath that two X size. He how does he get down all the way down to large? Are you still working out? You there? know, my
2: yeah, I, I ran uh ran two miles this morning. Dang. Uh, did some uh push ups and sit ups and yeah, I I gotta keep moving. If I if I don't keep moving, everything locks up. I've had right. eighteen football related surgeries. I mean my body's beat up. So, so I, I gotta
0: keep moving. What color? Uh blue, red or black? Carl um yeah blue so their mantra is respect your package okay so that (laughs) by giving these to you you're going to be respecting your package and whatever you've been doing has shows no respect because this is uh this is a movement of of underwear that you'll love and you'll enjoy enjoy it we uh also have a code that you can use at their website if you enjoy these camps uh, i mean these uh underwear but anyway plus you know what if you're going to be great, Carl, and you're a great player, you got to wear great underwear. It's that simple. <laughs> uh, and I know your wife's listening you to the show. Tell her, hey, we got great underwear coming, huh okay. All right, I'll, All I'll right. let her know. All right, you got I'll anything else, Carl? Because we're coming to uh, a
2: <laughs> yeah, to close of the yeah. Show? If, yeah. If yeah, people want to learn more about my speaking, they can go to carlmecklenburg.com. dot uh, You can misspell it a number of different ways and still find it. So uh, it's. Uh, there's video there. There's uh, client feedback there. Um, I speak for associations. I speak for uh, corporations. Um, once again, everything's tailored for your needs and your challenges. And uh, it's what I've been, I've been I actually have been a professional speaker for longer than I was a professional football player. So so this is what I do. And, and I love it. And uh, I can be a uh, virtual speaker for you uh, or uh, come on out and, uh, you know, uh, when things clear up I'm gonna be back out on the out on the trail I've been doing about 40 keynotes a year uh, for 15 years
1: and I'm gonna try and get you with our uh, upper management get you over to a Caldwell banker meeting too they they uh, bring in guys from time to time and I think you'd be you'd fit the package perfectly and uh, have a lot of fun doing
0: it too okay here's, what, here's what's going to happen Carl first of all everything you just said I need you I want you to say your phone number too that you want people to call if they call. Um, And I'm going to put all this stuff up on the screen for you and I'm actually going to cut this into a commercial for you. Let's listen to a sample of Carl Mecklenburg speaking at a business convention.
2: You know, so much of your industry is about change. It's a constant struggle to keep up with what the FCC is doing, what the investors are doing, what the technology is doing. And you're going to have a chance to, to hear some great speakers on those things later on. But I'm here to talk about things that don't change, that allowed your grandparents to be successful and will allow your grandchildren to be successful. We're going to talk about teamwork, with leadership being the ultimate expression of teamwork. Courage, the courage to try new things and the courage to be decisive. Dedication, which is hard work, constant learning, refusing to quit. Desire, that's that dream, that passion, that mission. Honesty and forgiveness with yourself and self-evaluation and then with others and finally goal setting. Little steps to get you to where you want to go.
0: Awesome. During this podcast and we'll put it out. Uh, We'll put out a commercial. So if you, uh, what is the phone number that you've got?
2: Yeah, 720-379-5317.
0: Say it again. uh, Say it
2: again. 720-379-5317. All right. We'll get um, you, we'll get my it. my email is just call at carlmecklenburg.com
0: and That's Mecklenburg with a CK and a U in the Berg. There you go. There you go. Nice. Look at that. And a U in the Berg. Yeah. And if you yeah. Google Carl Mecklenburg, the first thing that comes up is your Wikipedia. And the second thing that comes up is your website. So it's not real hard to find. All right. Well, Perfect. You got anything else, Coop? No, Carl,
1: man, lo- uh, great talking to you as always. Um, love seeing you around town and, uh, and I know you're a great speaker because I've heard a lot about you uh, on the on the speaking tour. And uh, like I said, we'll, we'll try and get you over to some of this cold banker stuff. And and uh, tell Kathy I said hello. She's a, she's a sweetheart. And uh, appreciate you coming on, buddy.
2: Yeah, I'm, one of these days I'm gonna have to go fishing with you. I know we, we've uh, yeah we're talking we've talked about that. I gotta, I, gotta, I gotta get you out. I gotta get you. Yeah, out. Yeah, I got, a uh, you, got me, you. Got me. A, yeah, you got me hooked up with that uh, Boxwood Canyon thing. That was awesome. Yeah, Boxwood Gulch. I mean, yeah, that was fun. Yeah, uh, but uh,
0: that's gone now, so we got to find something else. I will. So email me a, a pair. Yeah. I mean, email a pair. Email me a, pair. <laughs> <Then we can laughs> get a couple. I don't have a pair. I need a pair. Uh, no. E- yeah. <laughs> I'll, email I'll me I'll your email. I'll take uh, care of you. I'll, I'll get you. Do you have his you address? The address. Do you yeah. have his address? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I need the address. Boy, that was well said. You sure, you don't want to hire me on that speaking tour? No.
2: <laughs> so, right. so, I'm, uh, yeah. So I moved uh, a couple years ago. Keith. Yep.
1: I don't know if you. Yeah, did. I know I you're out there the at the golf course at uh, what's it called? You know, yeah, Blackstone. Yeah, Blackstone. Yeah,
2: I know where you're
0: at. You're at Blackstone. Yeah. Geez, we need to become friends.
2: <laughs> yeah, I d- I'm not a member, and I've actually never played at Blackstone. I've lived here for over
0: two years. <laughs> I still haven't played. Is yeah. your ma- is, but, your, yeah. is your neighbor a ma- member? <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't <laughs> I don't know. I don't uh, hey, know. Just tell them remember.
1: no. Tell them no. That's a simple answer, and you'll get them off your back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, All, right, All right, bro. Thanks good. Take
0: care. My uh, pleasure. We'll talk Thanks. to you soon. Take care. Somewhere in between is sponsored by Dick Carrier's Respect Your Package men's undergarment. Go to respectyourpackage.com. That's respectyourpackage.com. For 30% off, enter this code S I B COOP. That's somewhere in between MULLS COOP. It's all caps S I B M U L L S A N D C O O P.